Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We're in a series called A Generous Life. A Generous Life. I think this is our fifth week in the series, and um, I want to just... um, share a couple things about this series. And before I get started, I forgot about offering already. I'm a little bit off. Um, Hey, if you want to give to a church, give. We would love that. Worship the Lord in giving. Amen? And you can do it through our website or you can do it through our receptacles in back. If you have a check or cash, drop them off. And uh, we, you know, the, the Bible says if we honor the Lord with the first fruits of everything that we received, guess what? He is going to bless us. And so, so many of us, we do that. We honor the Lord with everything, not just with our finances, but with our time, with our talents, and I want to encourage you to do so. Uh, we've been discussing in this series how to live more, a more generous life. We serve a generous God, and we should be a reflection of his generosity. We should reflect who God is, should be a reflection in our life. Generosity is one of the most powerful actions that we can implement in our life. It has the potential not only to change our life, but when we practice generosity, it has the potential to change the lives of everyone around us. It has the potential to impact people's lives. Generosity should flow through every area of our life. Money, time, talents, hospitality, And all the other resources that God has blessed us with. As followers of Jesus, we should practice generosity. Say that with me. Generosity. I've learned through the years that it's much easier to practice generosity when I have a heart of gratitude. When I'm truly grateful. And the scripture that I want to highlight in today's message is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And it's a scripture that I briefly touched on in my very first message of this series of generosity. I touched on it, I I shared about it from the perspective of sowing and reaping. But today I want to look at the scripture from the perspective of how gratitude inspires generosity. And that's the title of the message today. How gratitude inspires generosity. In this passage of scripture... The Apostle Paul is encouraging the church in Corinth to take up an offering that, he, that they're gathering an offering so that the Apostle Paul could take that offering to the church in Jerusalem. The Jerusalem church had been under a lot of uh, under siege with the Roman Empire. They've had a lot of suffering. There was a lot of poverty going on. And he says, let's share the, our wealth. Let's share what we have and be a blessing to the church there in, 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 in Jerusalem. It's kind of like what we've did this last week where all of a sudden we packed up meals and we're going to be a blessing to a community in Ecuador. Hey, let's share. Let's be generous. Let it come out of our heart. And so the Apostle Paul, as he's sharing this, he uses this illustration of a farmer. And I want to read it to you today in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. And this will be our text for the day. Paul writes, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. Remember, this is what I shared about the first week about sowing and reaping. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. 
let's say all that, let's say that together. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. One more time. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Pastor Tom, why do you do that? Because I want it to get in our spirit. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Let your word penetrate our hearts. Let it be life-changing, every word. Let it impact our lives. We invite the presence of your spirit. We know your spirit is already here. God, alight, bring, bring, quicken the words that we have read today so we can apply them to our lives. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. The first idea that I want to point out from this passage of Scripture is that generosity is rewarded. Pastor Brett reminded us in our group's video this last Wednesday as we were discussing the idea of seed, which is what we talked about the previous week, how it's God who gives seed to the sower. And the Apostle Paul shares this truth in verse 10 of chapter 9. He says, For God is the one who provides seed for the, for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide an increase in your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Who supplies? God. Who does God supply to? Who? The sower, the farmer. That's who God supplies to. The word translated farmer, the word that's translated as sower, is made up from two Greek words. When directly translated, it means to him sowing. It denotes action. It denotes activity. It denotes that someone is doing something. It's not someone who is hoarding. And the takeaway of this whole idea is that God provides seed to someone who is sowing, who is giving, who is planting, who is doing something. If you want to receive from God, you must be willing to give. If you're not willing to give, then have you ever seen, have you ever watched that program? What is it called? It's on, it talks about hoarders. And if, if you have a family member who's a hoarder, you know, I know that's like a disease for some people. But if you ever watch that situation, really the mindset is that I might lose, I might never have enough. And so what they do is they go this direction and they can barely walk in the home because they've hoarded so much stuff in their house. But have you ever watched how small their life becomes the more that they hoard? Their life is being, they're not out there partying. They're not out having a good time with friends. They're not out building relationships. What's happened is they've restricted their life to this small little area in, of their home, and they're hoarding. God does not want us to do that. He wants us to be generous. And as we give, guess what? God will continue to give back to us. Do you believe that? It's what I shared earlier. It's the law of sowing and reaping. It's a natural law that we find in our universe. But it's also a spiritual law that we can apply to our lives. From the natural law, you can't expect to have an apple orchard by planting one seed. I'm going to have an apple orchard. I'm going to go out, I'm going to put this one seed in the ground, and I'm going to wait, and I'm going to believe there's going to be a full orchard that one day. If you want an orchard, guess what? You're going to have to plant a lot of seeds. You can't expect one seed to do it. You can choose, and the scripture says this, you can choose to plant sparingly. But what's going to happen? You're going to reap sparingly. Meaning that's going to be a long time before you ever get an apple orchard. 
That's kind of the natural law. If you want to shorten the time span, what must you do? You plant generously. You put out a lot of seed. Spiritually, the blessings of God will increase in your life as you increase your generosity towards God and towards others. All of a sudden, generosity is going to continue to grow in your life. Give God's love and receive more of God's love. I've experienced that firsthand. Give God's forgiveness, and guess what? God's going to forgive you in greater ways than you can ever imagine. Give more understanding and wisdom towards others, and guess what? You'll receive more understanding and wisdom from God. Why? Because God needs people who have wisdom and understanding so that they can help others. That's what our life is all about. It's about allowing God to use our lives to help others. Amen? See, we grow as we produce or give out of our lives because God rewards generosity. God gives, God rewards to givers. Let me ask you this simple question. I know it's really simple. It's really basic. But sometimes we just have to get back to basics. Why does God reward generosity? Because God is seeking people to reflect his generosity. In verse 11, it states that our generosity towards others produces thanksgiving to God. See, God needs people to share the virtues that he has. And one of the virtues of who God is, is that he is a generous God. He is a giver. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. As a parent, if one of my values of my life is to be kind, then as I raise my children, I'm going to kind of expect the same values in their life because I'm going to raise them with kindness. And I would expect that they're going to reflect the kindness that I have poured into their life. If, if they don't reflect the kindness that I have shown them, then I've probably done a bad job parenting them in some ways because all of a sudden I want them to reflect the kindness I've given to them. And when my children reflect my values, it has a direct reflection of me as a parent. And when we all of a sudden reflect God's glory, when we reflect, reflect who God is, it has a direct reflection on others. One of the reasons why the church has taken such a hit in the past years is because we as believers of Jesus Christ have done a great job as saying no to sin and saying yes to righteousness. We get stuck in these things and they look at the church and they say, there's no difference between the church and me. Why would I want to go to church? You see, we need to be a reflection of God's glory. When that happens, all of a sudden, people will start being thankful for the church. They'll start being thankful for their Christian neighbors because they see that there's something different. There's something good. There's something kind. There's something generous about a person who follows Jesus Christ. We, we can set that. We can be reflection. Man, there's something as a parent or as a grandparent when all of a sudden you see your, your kids or grandkids and, and they're doing things that you're going like, Yes, yes, yes. And what do you do? You go, oh, hey, Vinny, guess what? Today you're going to ice cream. I'm, I would take Vinny right now to ice cream, but mom says no. Okay? But, man, if Danielle would say yes, he would be going to get ice cream right now. Because that kid's the best kid in the whole church. No, I'm just teasing. Grandpa bragging here. Thank you. But God values generosity. He reflects. He expects that to reflect through our life. We are here for a purpose. We're not just created to exist and do nothing. We are created to glorify God and reflect his values through our life. 
I believe many people live an unfulfilled life because they haven't learned this simple truth. That we're not just here for ourselves. We're here to glorify God. And that's our vision statement for this, tr- for this church is to create an environment to let people see what God can do through us, what God can do through them. Last Sunday, when we did that packing of it, man, if you missed last Sunday, you missed a phenomenal Sunday. I'm so sorry to share that, but oh my gosh, when we, we baptized 10 people, lives were being touched, lives were being changed. It was so awesome to see. And then right after the water baptisms, we went outside, and I think there's probably 80 people and we started packing. I think we packed for about an hour and a half. 25,000 meals. I got to believe that God was looking down and saying, man, the people of South Coast, yeah, they're practicing generosity. They understand who I am. There's something special about that. Another truth I want to share found in verse 7 is that generosity should be directed by the heart. The Apostle Paul writes specifically, it's our, it's our responsibility our responsibility to decide how much to give. You must each decide in your own heart how much to give. It must become something that comes from the heart. What does that mean? You see, it shouldn't be an obligation. It shouldn't be a box that we check off. It shouldn't be something that we dread. It shouldn't feel that if we don't give, we're going directly to jail, do not pass go, do not collect $200. It shouldn't feel that direction. Let me ask you, how many of you enjoy paying your utility bill, your mortgage, for some of the younger people, your, your, phone, your cell phone bill, Ooh, you go, oh my gosh, your, v, your credit card bill. Now, we can be grateful that God has provided for us so that we can pay those bills, right? So we can have a heart of gratitude that we can do that. But when it comes that day, it's twice a month for me when I start having to, I used to write checks. Now I just go on my computer and pay bills. Life has changed. But you know what? I I don't always love it. It's not something that necessarily really comes out of my heart. Giving to God shouldn't be a bill that you dread. Giving should be an expression of the joy in our life because of how generous God is to us. If generosity comes from any other location besides a heart of gratitude, then we're likely giving with strings attached. Let me say that again. If, if our generosity comes from any other location besides a heart of gratitude, many times we're likely to have strings attached to our giving. For instance, if generosity comes mainly from our reasoning, then maybe our giving becomes more of a payment instead of generosity inspired by our gratitude. And it's not that reasoning shouldn't be involved at all, but reasoning should not be the main directive. It just shouldn't be. God, what have you put in my heart? Sometimes my giving has been way beyond my reasoning. (laughs) In fact, I'd be like, God, you don't know what you're doing. But when God speaks, guess what? I step out in faith because I'm trusting God because God's going to bless me. And maybe not financially. I believe he will too financially. But maybe it's in ways that I can't even afford to be able to buy. There's things that God can do in our lives. What would happen if generosity towards a church depended on how good or bad the pastor's message was each week? Well, the pastor preached a good one this week. Let's give a little extra. 
man, the pastor bombed this week. Did you notice? Did you hear that illustration? That was so inappropriate, that illustration. You know what? Let's just hold back our giving this week so that we can just, you know, show our disappointment. See, I, I'm sharing this crazy. I know none of you guys do that. But I just share that crazy illustration because... Our giving suddenly has become dependent upon man's performance, I want you to catch this, instead of upon who God is in our life. Our giving should never be dependent upon man's performance. It's not that we should just give to anything that's reckless. or what. I'm not saying that. But it shouldn't be dependent upon man's performance. It should be dependent upon what God is doing in our life. And if God tells you, you need to be generous, you need to give, you need to listen, and you need to pay attention to what God is doing in our life. And I'm talking about every area of our life. Not finances, not just finances. Time, talents. Our giving should reflect God's goodness and generosity. It's a reflection of who God is in us. Our giving should never become a payment of service. The the offering Paul was raising for the church in Jerusalem had nothing to do with performance. They didn't even know the people in, in Jerusalem. It was an offering to encourage those who were in need and were in desperate need in Jerusalem. He wanted to bring encouragement to them. Paul didn't want the church in Corinth to feel forced because then it wouldn't be true giving. If you felt forced and you're just paying out of obligation, guess what? It's not true giving. It's just a bill you're paying. Paul wanted each person to decide what God was calling them to do. Giving shouldn't be a chore. It shouldn't be a burden. Giving should be a response to our gratitude towards God. It's a desire to help others and in the process reflecting God's glory in our lives. Recently, I had someone in our church give us a large donation to the church. And one of the things that was so impressive to me was the heart of generosity that it came from. They were grateful for the church. They were grateful to God. They were grateful for their opportunity to know who Jesus is. And that gift came with no strings attached. It just came from a heart of gratefulness. And that's how each and every one of us should give when we give. It's from a heart of gratefulness. Now, that doesn't mean the church doesn't have responsibility to wisely use the gifts that are given. But a person's motivation was not, was not out of obligation. It was inspired by gratitude towards God. And it's important that as we give, we don't give to get. We don't give to manipulate. But we, we don't, and we don't give for selfish purposes. But we give because something inside of us is directing us to give and to be a blessing to others. It's giving to be the extension of God's hands. Anytime you give, you should think that I'm the extension of God's hands. When you give to this church, we have ministries that provide youth ministries, children's ministries. We're doing things within the community. We're we're sponsoring Convoy of Hope. We're doing kids around the world. We're doing things that makes a difference in the lives of people. Amen? That's what it's about. It brings me to another truth that I want to share with you today. And it's generosity should produce joy. God loves, it says in that scripture, a cheerful giver. The word cheerful also describes joyful. And the Greek word where we get this word cheerful from, in the English, if you, if you, it's where we get the word hilarious from. That cheerful, it's where we get hilarious from. So the idea that I think about is like we're in, and we're in such a way that cheerful is like joy on steroids. I have a friend, pastor friend of mine, who jokingly states when, once in a while when he takes off, and he says, I love any kind of giver. <laughs> I love any kind of giver. 
But it begs the question, why does God love a cheerful giver? Why does God love a cheerful giver? And I think, again, it reflects of who God is. David writes in Psalm 16, in your presence there is fullness of joy. In Galatians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul, when he's listing the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is who God is. It's, it's, it's literally the qualities, the character, the virtues of who God is. And when Paul is listing the fruit of the Spirit, he states the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Joy is the second on the list. In John 15, 11, Jesus is talking to his disciples about how he is the vine and that they need to be brought into the vine, that they need to stay, remain in him. And he, spe- he speaks these things to him. He said, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Joy is a virtue in God. It's who God is. And God wants us to demonstrate that by being cheerful givers. Consider this. A gift given with joy carries greater value. You guys agree with that? A gift given with joy carries greater value. It carries greater value than a gift that's given in regret. Have you ever been given something that was given to you out of obligation and not out of joy? You tend not to value that gift that was given out of obligation. You tend to value a lot more that gift that was given to you by joy. And I'm ready, it's because, the reason is because, because you got a gift that was exciting the person who was giving it. There is joy in their heart. When I was a kid, I remember my mom forced me a couple different times, multiple different times, to give away some of my toys. I don't know if any of you guys have ever done that with your kids. You, you know. I don't think some of the times where I had to give away my toys that I had an attitude of gratitude. I think there was times where it was like, here, take my stuff and walk away. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure the kid that received my stuff probably felt guilt. I don't want to take his stuff because I had the wrong attitude. I wasn't giving it out of gratitude. I was just giving it because mom, I shouldn't say mom forced me to. It was strongly encouraged. Let's put it that way. But then there was a time, and I still remember, I was probably seven, eight, nine years old. And I went with my mom and dad over to a, a home that my dad was a pastor and it was someone that was attending our church and they were having a rough time and they wanted me to come over there and there was a, they had a little boy that was a couple years younger than me and, and mom had already prepared and she said, you know, we're not probably going to stay very long because this boy has a kind of a rare blood disease and he gets tired really quickly but we just want to go spend some time and pray with him and could you go over there and just entertain this young boy and I can't remember his name anymore but I said, sure and so I packed up what I thought was, and I told this story in the past, I thought I had a G.I. Joe, this whole outfit of G.I. Joe thing back in the day, and I found out it wasn't G.I. Joe. I didn't find that out until I was an adult. It was like a big gym, something, whatever else. It was a knockoff of G.I. Joe, but I had it. And it was in this big RV, and you put all the, everything was inside it. Yes, I played with dolls. Don't hold that against me. And I brought this over to that kid's house, and we were playing. We were having fun. It was something I really enjoyed. It was something that was really cool. The whole back end came down, and everything came out of it, and I was showing him everything. And, and we probably played maybe an hour, and then all of a sudden I heard mom say, hey, you know, Tom, it's time to go. Get ready. 
And uh, so I started packing up this, I can't remember, big Jim's adventure thing and putting it all together. And, and um, I, we started getting over by the door. And then mom kind of just took me to the side and whispered to me, what do you think? Would you want to give that over to this little boy? It was a big decision. I mean, this is the number one thing I brought to go play with. But, you know, something inside of me, I could look at the house, I could look at this. He didn't have a lot of toys. They were, they were in need because of just medical expenses, all these different things. And something inside of me, even when I was a young boy, there was something that jumped in my heart. You know what? This would be a good thing. He really enjoyed this. This would be something that would bring him happiness through all the troubles and struggles that he was having in his life. I'd look at mom and say, yeah, I want to do it. And I was excited about giving this thing over to this little boy. And I remember it was bringing me joy. And I could tell when I was giving it to him, he saw the joy in my face. And it was bringing him even greater joy. He was so happy to receive that. And see, I share that story because that's how God wants us to give. He wants cheerful givers. Not people who give with regret. Oh, or, uh. He wants cheerful givers. People who give with joy. Because when we give with joy, something, there's something spectacular that happens that just goes, not just, it's not just about money. All of a sudden, it's all about change. It's about something that's taken place in spiritually it's about something that's taking place in someone's life see we we look past the thing with money and we start seeing man there's something greater spiritually that's taking place in this situation i want to close with a story in matthew 26 it's a story about a woman who came to jesus and he jesus was staying in bethany at the home of simon it wasn't simon the peter it was actually the, guy, the person was known as Simon the leper. Before he was healed with leprosy, he was healed. But while Jesus was eating in this home in Bethany, and you can find this account in all the Gospels, different accounts with that, but this woman entered into the room with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume. Probably Mary Magdalene, who was delivered by Jesus of de demonic oppression, she was delivered by Jesus and she was in a life that was difficult and she was so grateful for the Lord. And when she came in, the Jesus was sitting there reclining, they were eating. It was a couple days before the Passover. And she took this alabaster jar that was filled with perfume, estimated probably worth, it was a lot of money, probably worth a year's salary. Think about that, a year's salary. And she took this perfume and she started to pour it over the head of Jesus she started to anoint Jesus she started it started flowing down she was using this perfume this very expensive perfume to anoint her savior when it was taking place the disciples saw what was taking place and all of a sudden it says in the word of God that they became indignant they became upset they became kind of angry because they saw the waste they saw man you're wasting a whole year we could take that perfume and we could sell it and we could take that money and give it to the poor why would you allow this Jesus why wouldn't you use this gift in a greater way what, what's going on you know the reasoning sounds good I kind of think about it today if I was sitting in the room how would I respond I can't promise you that I wouldn't respond with the same thought man that's a waste why would you, why would you just all of a sudden 
just waste all that money. We could be doing so much more with it. But Jesus rebukes their thoughts and their comments. He says, why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing to me? She poured, pure, poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. And the story reminds us that our giving should always reflect our gratefulness for what Jesus is doing in and through our lives. Our giving should never be solely based on our reasoning of what is practical or what is prudent. It's not that we shouldn't be careful, but we should guard ourselves from becoming judgmental towards others when all of a sudden they're giving from a heart of gratitude. Gratefulness for what God has done will lead people to give extravagantly. Gratefulness for what God has done will lead people to give extravagantly and generously. It might even at times seem wasteful. But if God is speaking to your heart, you need to listen and not miss out on the opportunity. See, it doesn't make any sense for people outside of the church to think, you did what? How much did you give to that family? How much did you give to the church? Are you, are you crazy? You see, the disciples misunderstood the significance of the moment. Jesus was about to sacrifice his life for the sins of all people. Jesus was ushering in the gift of salvation. The bottle of perfume, the value of that bottle of perfume could never, ever compare to the value that Jesus has given to each and every one of us through our salvation. There is no comparison. Jesus then tells his disciples in Matthew 26, 13, he says, Truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will always be told in memory of her. This woman's generosity was directed from her heart. It was a generosity that was joy-filled and it was extravagant. And Jesus rewarded her with this gift that she would remember for all of eternity. It's a reminder God's generosity towards us should inspire our generosity. When you give from a place of gratitude, you show the same love that Jesus has for you. Gratitude inspires a heart of generosity. Amen? Gratitude inspires a heart of generosity. We need to be generous people. We need to say, yes, Lord, what can I do? <coughs> There's times in our lives that maybe we don't feel like we might have much. Maybe we don't have much finances. Do you have time? Maybe, maybe you... You struggle in certain areas where maybe, you know, oh, but do you have a talent? What can you use for God? What can you use for God? What can you show your generosity to God? That's all God wants in our lives, is to be a generous people who reflects His glory. Lord, we thank You for Your Word today. We thank You, God, that Your Word does not return void, that it is powerful, it is effective, and it changes the hearts and lives of people. For those who apply your word to their heart, Lord God, for those who apply your word into their life, Lord God, there is, there is a, a return on investment that's unbelievable. Lord, we are so grateful because we serve you who, are, who is a generous God. I pray over each and every one of us today that we would continue to learn to be more generous. We are a generous church, but God, I don't want us to ever limit our generosity. I want us to be able to expand beyond what we think is possible. I want us to go to those things that seem impossible because we serve a God who, Lord God, pushes past the envelope of impossibilities. 
thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the sponsorship of kids going to camp. Thank you, Lord, that we're a church that's debt-free. We praise you for that, Lord. Thank you that we were able to take the, the finances that come in and put it towards ministry, even in greater ways than we could have ever imagined. Thank you for being able, that we were able to bless, Lord God, different ministries, Convoy of Hope, kids around the world, the different things. But God, I pray it doesn't ever become just a service. I pray it never becomes a check, something that we're checking off the box. I pray, Lord God, it's a generosity out of our hearts. I ask, Lord God, that you would continue, Lord God, to lead us and to guide us in everything that we do, I pray. I, I, I just feel impressed right now for just a moment with heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here today, and I don't want anybody to raise their hands, I just want you to listen. If you're here today, and you struggle in the area of money, if it's been a struggle all of your life, either, either that it seems like I never have enough, I, I, you have this spirit that I'm never going to make it, I, there's always this fear upon you. Or maybe you have a, a struggle with just giving, that you feel like, man, if I give, I won't have enough then. And you, you feel like there's, something's holding you back. But you know that God is speaking to you to be generous. I had a, a lady a few years ago in our church who still attends our church. And, and I shared a message on generosity and being generous. And she took on this, man, she took on the mantle to be a giver. And God has blessed and blessed and blessed her family. And for some here today, I'm going to just share with you. God has greater blessings than you could ever imagine if you step out in faith with Him and start sharing and start giving your money your time your resources your talent your prayers your forgiveness god is just waiting for you to step out and put your trust in him instead of in yourself and if that's you here today and that's been a struggle in your heart and your life i just want you to believe with me right now as i say this prayer because i believe some people are going to have and when i say this don't take this wrong but it's the enemy wants to put us a spirit of greed in our life. He just does. And he wants to put a spirit of unforgiveness in our life. He just does. He wants us, you're not going to be able to do this because you're not talented, talented enough. You can't do it. So you won't step out in faith. And I believe God wants for some here today that you're going to understand that God is a generous God, that he is for us and not against us, and his goodness is chasing after us if we're willing to step out in faith. So if that's you here today, I want you to agree with me right now. Lord Jesus, you know every heart, every mind, every person here, that maybe, Lord God, it's been a struggle to put their trust in you. They've trusted you in a lot of areas, but Lord, this is one, I don't know, what, know which area it is. Maybe it's using their talent in a way that would be a blessing, or maybe it's giving of the resources that's just been a struggle, or, or, or maybe they're, they're holding unforgiveness. But God, today I pray generosity upon them. I pray the same generosity that is in you, Lord God, by your spirit, Lord God, would flood their soul, their heart, their mind, and they would step out in faith. And whatever that thing is that holds them back and, and puts them into fear and not, and not trusting who you really are, God, I pray that be broken in Jesus' name right now. And Lord God, in Jesus' name, a spirit of generosity will come into each person's life where they will honor you because, Lord God, you are a generous God. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. 
We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.